left my dad's coat at a show The sound man found it, don't you know It took a while for me to get it back But we stayed in touch and made each other laugh And then we found a date that fit To meet up We recorded it In a hotel That's how the blue coat diaries started Welcome to the Blue Coat Diaries podcast with me, Johnny Awesome, and not Mark Carver, because he's not very well. It's not good, he's not well. It's me, Marcus Carter. Marcus Carter has decided... Literally, the only person you know who's got the same initials as Mark Carver. I hadn't thought of that until now. That's absolutely yeah. right. That is absolutely right. Um, Marcus, thanks so much for stepping in. Mark's not very well. Hopefully he'll be back next week but um i really appreciate you helping out now me and mark normally have like a format that we go through and then we call you so this will be exciting for you because you'll get to kind of like do the actual show very exciting you do look excited <laughs> i i am actually on the edge of my seat like not not even metaphorically i'm actually on the edge of my seat so let's do it what we do first is we chat about where we've been right and this will be funny because i know that one of the places we've both been. So mm. I was away for a week in Dorset, so I've just come back from basically a holiday, which was really fun in the great British countryside. I got back on Friday and then literally got up the next day and went to a festival, Lakefest. And now you know about Lakefest because... I do, weirdly, because... I was uh, stood minding my own business, uh, just chatting to some friends, and suddenly this figure appeared in front of me and went, Marcus. And I looked at him, I was like, I know you. And it took me a few seconds, and I was like, Johnny's wet. Uh, hang on, this is Johnny's nephew. Yeah. And your nephew was stood in front of me. I was like, what, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, Johnny played last night. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, look, I've been here all weekend because I was playing Lakefest as well. But you sent you me such a great message. Your message was brilliant. It just said you were at Lakefest. I was at Lakefest. I didn't know you were at Lakefest. True story. <laughs> it, <laughs> it really is. made me laugh. It was a so tragic you were, story. Who are you there? Who were you there with? So you obviously you were there playing drums, but who were you there with? Yeah, I was. I was playing with uh, Paul Henshaw, um, who um, I play with occasionally. He's um, he's a good friend of mine. Um, does kind of folk rock, punky sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, we were playing in the VIP bar, um, so it was it was quite oh, interesting. Cool. It was an interesting clientele. Um, there were sort of various members of uh bands dotted around the inspiral carpets were in there when we were playing and and um, uh various members of the zootons and people like that and then there were people that had paid a hundred quid to uh use the vip bar for the weekend and to wow. be honest there is no way i would have uh, it was very nice don't get me wrong but for the i mean it, it was advertised with flushing toilets and things like that and, and <laughs> it wasn't yeah 
Anyway, we had it. I'm not going to go into details just in case we ever get to. Uh, I like the I like the idea again, of you <laughs> drumming in there. I like the idea of you drumming in there and shouting over the top of the music whenever you saw anyone from a big band that you were available for <laughs> drumming work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a big sign you know, behind me. Yeah, <laughs> call me <laughs> on the kick drum. <laughs> call yeah, Marcus a, for all your drumming yeah. needs. That's good, man. Well, just a, Did you see the Cheshire Cat? tent that's the one i did the comedy in did you see it it had like a I, pink roof I, I did see it and the only time i thought about going in there because you weren't in the program there but i did see in the program there was a slot that said tbc and genuinely the thought did cross my mind i wonder if that would be johnny <laughs> not not well just, the people just that ran it, it were bizarre the people who ran it were great but it ended up being billed as the Crazy Bird Comedy Hour or something like that, which is which is like the booker for that bit of the festival. And oh, they do right, gigs okay. they do gigs around the country. I've gigged for them before. But what, what it meant was they didn't have the names of the acts within that hour. It's a real shame because there were good ah. people as well. So people didn't know like actually who was there. But I played that tent, the Cheshire Cat tent, and it was so funny because the guy told me that they turned up and set it all up early in the week and it was all brilliant and great and then they went away and did something and came back and then someone else had literally put a tent up right next to it and when I say tent <laughs> I mean with a stage in it for things to happen and they were like that's pretty close I wonder what's going to be happening there bands and stuff so it was so loud at times when we were trying I, to do the comedy I, I think that stage was called Amped wasn't it if I maybe yeah correctly. it definitely was, amped, it was let me tell very you that. noisy yeah it was yeah, a very noisy I, stage i had this thing where like when i went on i was having a really good time with the people that were in and they were really good actually they were like i really kind of up for it like quite a wild bunch i liked them a lot and then this noise fired up from the other tent and rather than sort of me going like oh you know now i've got to try and get through this whatever i sort of said i think we need to take that tent on and i kind of declared <laughs> war on the other tent I was like we need to be louder than that tent and I was, I was kind of doing that thing of going who's with me and like and they really were everyone was going Yay! so I just I was literally shouting at the PA guy turn it up let's go louder come on turn it up so we ended up having this kind of war between you wouldn't normally think of it like music like bands and then comedy but because obviously I could do what I want I, you know I was in that situation at a festival I could, I could play what I wanted so I thought I'm going to do like my biggest, loudest stuff using tracks. So I was doing like hip hop stuff. I was doing, <laughs> when I got my guitar, really big anthem sing-along comedy ones. <laughs> and it was quite funny just trying to see if we could just drown them out because they were like a, you know, the band and they were obviously being loud over there. So whether they knew or not, I don't know, but I, <laughs> I just played it that way. I just thought, let, let's try and have a bit of a kind of like, you know, a revolt, like a bit of a rebellion against the music tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a shame I didn't know because I had all I my drums and everything. I could have could have rocked up with my snare drum. Oh, I mean that would have been the next level if I said, "Marcus, go get the drum kit. We gotta we gotta take yeah. this tent on." I mean that would have yeah, been amazing. I had, all, I had all the stuff there, and because um, the only time I really got across to that end of the festival, the Wurzels played. Um, yeah. Being from Somerset, it's obligatory that I go and see the Wurzels. Um, and actually, it turned out to be the highlight of the festival. Were they good? <laughs> they were really good. And and the tent was absolutely rammed. It was the fullest I saw it the whole weekend. Um, and I haven't seen them for... I saw them at Glastonbury about 15, 20 years ago. And then, actually, technically, the first band I ever saw in my life 
was the Wurzels, which is, you know, coming from Somerset, that kind Always of Always makes me think of a story that someone told me when I was starting out, when I played somewhere in that neck of the woods and someone said, oh, when I did this gig once, the guy that ran the pub came in the back and said, oh, just so you know, a girl that used to work behind the bar, it's really sad, this story, a girl that worked behind the bar, she was killed by a combine harvester. So if you're, you know, wanting to make jokes about where we are and the Wurzels and all that sort of stuff, just be a bit careful because that was quite recent and people are really cut up about it. So obviously all the acts were like, oh, okay, right, okay. Well, you know, that's good to have the heads up. Thanks very much for telling us. Yeah, okay, and all that. Um, the gig started and the MC said to the first person they spoke to in the front row, said, oh, what do you do? And they said, oh, I'm in a band. And they went, oh, right, yeah, you look a bit like you're in a band. What kind of band are you in? And the guy went, I'm in a Wurzels tribute band. <laughs> and apparently the MC just went, very good. Just carried on to someone else because he just didn't dare, just didn't yeah. dare go anywhere Moving near on. it. <laughs> So the audience must have thought, the audience must have thought, there's, there would have been loads of material there. Like, what's he doing? But obviously he was thinking, I just don't want to get anywhere near a combine harvester. Well, I mean, so, the, 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 land, the landlord saying that people were really cut up about it is a pretty bad start, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. The other festival I did, which was brilliant. I don't even know if you've heard of this one, because it was like a new one for me. At Silverstone Racetrack, they have this thing called Silverstone woodlands oh, yeah. and it's like it's it's like a festival i think alongside the racing that they have there at the weekend so when i played it it was a a thursday night so it's before i went to dorset i played it on the thursday night and i had a brilliant time it's a huge huge tent with tons of people and a great gig and the guy that i was chatting to afterwards the stage manager told me this brilliant story he said oh after this, we have Silent Disco. There's a guy called Ryan hmm. that was that was running the, running the stage. I was like, oh, I love Silent Disco. It's always good fun and everything like that. He goes, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, because we, we want it to go on late, if it's a Silent Disco, you'd hope that we could, you know, do it and not have any complaints from, like, any of the local residents or whatever, any, you know, yeah. anyone that lives near Silverstone or whatever. Because goes, it goes on to, like, two in the morning or something. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what's so great about it. What a great idea and all that. They said, well, having said that, last year we actually did get a lot of complaints because everyone was singing along so loud <laughs> to the silent disco and they obviously couldn't hear themselves yeah. that they got noise complaints. And I said, are you serious? Like, did that really happen? He went, yeah. It's like, he said, you should have seen it. Imagine about two in the morning, people hammered with headphones on, singing to like living on a prayer and stuff and they can't hear themselves, but a whole huge crowd doing it. He said it was the most like mental and awful sort of vocal <laughs> ever. But apparently it was so loud, people singing along to the silent disco that they got people complaining about the noise. I just thought that was amazing. Well, that that, that was the same at Lakefest on um, Sunday night after we played and we were walking back from the bar, bringing all the gear back and we had to walk through where the silent disco was. They had a, a open air silent disco. So there were people walking around. But as we got closer, you could just sort of hear people going, just can't get enough, just can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really I funny. Love that. Yeah, like it going in and out of people actually knowing the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly I had that, like that at Lakefest <laughs> when I watched Embrace. Embrace were great, but I've not listened to that album for ages. And I mean, they were even saying how their first album was 25 years old. And when it was yeah. going to massive bits of 
songs I could hear myself really singing out and then it would go to like the next couple of lines I was thinking I can't quite remember what those words are I don't I know what this is I was yeah I was doing that like you know coming back <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I mean I, I was stood there watching Embrace as well so we were we literally must have been pretty close to oh, each other that's um, so mad and, we were both but there. did you did you think that um and apologies to embracing advance on the off chance they're listening but you know when his brother sang a song yeah did you not think that was better <laughs> i wouldn't say bad but i thought it was really good i actually tweeted his brother and said like you nailed your song it was really good his voice was great it. Yeah, very different voices. His voice is really high, isn't it? It's really yeah, high. Yeah, yeah. But I, was, I, I didn't know they were like... brothers. I didn't know they were brothers until that game. Yeah, okay. No. They don't look that similar, actually. I thought they were ace, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, the other thing I was I... going to tell you about, back to the Woodlands one, Silverstone Woodlands, was I kept chatting to this sort of teenage lad that was in the front row, and he was kind of proper teenage, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And at the end, I thought, oh, I'm going to get him up. We'll do some hip-hop. So I, I kind of invited him to come up. He was having none of it. He was really like, there's no way I'm coming up. And I sort of <laughs> thought, ah, oh, it's a shame. You know, that would have been good. But then I noticed that he was with his dad. His dad was there. So I sort of basically yeah. went, ah, well, fuck you, man. Your dad's going to come up anyway, like messing around. But his dad was so pissed. He just got straight up and came on stage. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, okay, well, this is working out pretty cool now because obviously the, like, the kid's not come up, but now the dad is up. Anyway, we did the triangle rap. He was playing triangle, I was rapping. But the thing that was really funny was he got so into it, this dad, that at one point he hit the triangle so hard that he broke the beater. The beater is like a bit of metal and it's got a plastic bit on the end that you hold. And he hit yeah. it and it's, it broke and the metal bit just went flying off into the air. Now the stage was really big, right? So he, he then basically just had this little bit of plastic. The song's still going. And I was like find it find the beat you know find it. and he was like just hammered going oh, I don't know where it is and we were in the last chorus it was coming towards the end and it was so funny it was like a movie I looked over and I saw out of the corner of my eye this little glint of silver and I thought could that be it is that it and I kind of ran to the side of the stage and there at the side of the stage was the the, the bit of the beat you need you know the metal straight bit so yeah. I scooped it up literally sort of chucked it to dad and there was one more coming it was so perfect so I, I was like I was saying all this on the mic as well so the audience knew what was going on I was like there's one left come on man let's do it there's one left and I did like the big one two three the whole audience did it with me one two three and he got this thing off me and hit it and it went ding and I've never ever heard a bigger oh. cheer for that bit of the song it was like a goal you know it's like <laughs> kind of thing like that. Perfect. So, yeah I had a really fun time there I'm gonna try and go back next year but um Lakefest, thanks for having us as well. And hopefully yeah. me and Marcus will both be there next year. Together, you know. That would yeah. be good. That'd be nice. Definitely. Now we're gonna move on to the next bit of the show, Marcus, which is called correspondence. And if I manage to do it, there'll be a jingle that will go here. London, Tokyo, and Penzance. We want your correspondence. So last week on the podcast we were chatting about made up games me and mark made up yeah. games and we had so many sent in so many good ones so i'm going to read you a couple of these uh which i'm sure you're going to enjoy thanks to everybody that sent them in as always if you want to send stuff into the pod you can do it on my social media johnny awesome or mark set up some social media for 
the podcast which are called the BCD pod so I asked on here I said to the crew that are out there I said to them where is it it's coming up games you made up as a kid go right oh, we had loads so let me read you some favorites and see what you think to these give me your thoughts on these um, so Kim said we played a game called punch we would shine a mirror onto the wall capturing the sun so it would make a sun circle on the wall and we had to punch it <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what cats do isn't it are, you, are, you, are they Scottish <laughs> sounds like a, a don't a, cats a chase those they chase like bits of light but yeah maybe it's like it's our Scottish fraternity oh this is a really walks. good one this is a really good one it's got a great name as well Christmas Day they play a game called Sleeperoo it's when their dad falls asleep they pile things on him one at a time start small work your way up <laughs> says Emma Poulton the person to wake him up and make him shout is the loser and you all shout sleep a roo and run away as fast as you can <laughs> it's That's similar brilliant. to the, oh no isn't it great it's similar to the popular game bookaroo but yeah. with an edge of danger depending on what mood dad is in now you're, you're <laughs> a dad you're a dad so like you can imagine that if you're having a nap you're having a sleep your kids start piling stuff up on you That's fantastic. would you be cross would you be cross if you woke up or would you think it was funny I'd, I'd think it was very funny once I'd, I'd discovered what they were what they were doing I might you know you have that moment if someone if you get rudely awakened where you can be like the most furious person in the entire world you turn into the Hulk for like a second because it's so yeah, disruptive yeah. but then you yeah. sort of shake yourself alert I think yeah if I found out they'd invented that that would be I mean I'd, I'd, that, that you know I'd give them anything they wanted for the rest of their lives I just like the fact they've got such a great name for it as well, Sleeperoo. It's so good. Sleeperoo, yeah. I think that, that could great. catch on after this. I think after this oh, is gone out. I'm playing that. Also, you might like this one. Rob Evans said they used to play a game called Human Conquers. I mean, we could just stop there. That's, that's so good straight away. <laughs> My family used to go to a campsite that featured a huge tree with two tire swings hanging off it. My little brother would sit in one and my younger cousin would sit in the other. And then my older cousin and I would swing our respective siblings into each other as hard as we could. Tons of fun. No one got hurt too badly. And we inspired several other kids to take up the noble game themselves. Human conquers. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see any problem <laughs> with that at all. We used to do that on the chain swings in the park. You know, yeah, you get I think, two chain swings next to each other. I think I can remember doing that as well growing up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. How about this Before, one from Stuart Bowkit? This is the sort of thing you would see in the Beano, in a good episode of the Beano, Dennis the Menace. His game was called Hide Nan's Teeth. <laughs> I asked him what I, sort of places. He said, in the toilet cistern, her knicker drawer, the worst place was in my brother's potty. And I said, no way. And he oh. said, actually, the worst place we hit them, get ready for this, Marcus. Mark would have loved this if he was on this week. The worst place we ever hit them was in our granddad's ashes. We oh. might have gone too far, but I was a kid. I mean, oh. I think we have gone over the line there. Surely, I mean, she, surely Nan wouldn't have looked in there. They must have had to fess up to that. Do you think she would look Just, in there? Even think to look in there. A lot to a lot to process there. Isn't there? Mm. 
dancing begin. It's about the middle of the podcast. About the middle of the podcast. And if you like it, you can help us out. It's so easy to help us out. Like and subscribe to our show. Like and subscribe to our show. So this came in from Matt Brooks. It's an absolute corker. Matt Brooks wrote in a while ago and he told us that story about pretending to have hurt his leg and it ended up going in plaster when he was just trying to get one over oh, his brother. Yeah. So it's the same that. person as that. So Matt Brooks said, I thought I'd share a game I made up in my childhood with you. It's called Blind Darts. It was played in pairs and the thrower would close his or her eyes and try and hit the bullseye with three darts. The other person gives directions of up, down, left, right to try and help get closer with the next dart. This only lasted one round with my brother Daniel and me when we were about 10 and 12 years old for reasons that will become clear very soon. He had done fairly well with his throws and my directions to him and then it was my turn. I closed my eyes, I threw a dart and Dan said left. I slightly altered my aim and threw again. Daniel screamed and I opened my eyes to see the dart had gone into the side of his head pinning the top of his right ear to his scalp. Blood oh. was visible. Naturally, I was mortified and then fairly instantly in a hell of a lot of trouble with my parents who were reeling <laughs> off the classics. You're the older brother. You should know better and how utterly irresponsible of you, for example. Needless to say, we didn't play that again. A good few years later, I was recounting this story in front of my brother and a few other people when he interrupted me. You genuinely believe that, don't you, Matt? He asked. I looked puzzled and then he confessed. If I'd looked back at the dartboard rather than Dan's impromptu ear piercing, I'd have seen that my initial dart had actually gone straight into the bullseye. Dan <laughs> presumed I was cheating and not closing my eyes. So he said, left a bit and then stuck his head directly between me and the dartboard. I wasn't cheating. I didn't see him. Much to his surprise, I threw the dart straight at him. I'm not sure he's admitted as much to my parents to this day. That is oh brilliant. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's... What? <laughs> Thanks, That's Matt Brooks, insane. for sending that in. Isn't that great? So, so, you, so Matt... Put himself in front of a dart just because he thought his brother was cheating. No, Matt was throwing, but oh, his Matt brother. Was okay, yeah, so his brother, his brother put did. himself in front of a dart. Yeah, just because he his thought he brother, was cheating. His That's brother insane. just couldn't believe he couldn't believe that he'd got the bullseye on the first one. So <laughs> what he did was put his head in front of it and said left a bit, thinking that, thinking that he was you know, he would find him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, a that's oh I'm just going to test and see if there's a bullet in this gun yeah that's I mean, just insane it could have been in America in America that... yeah well yeah, yeah yeah, that happens every day doesn't it <laughs> it would have been a lot worse so let me see if I can find <laughs> this one now this is this is a bit of a um... oh where is it this one came in a bit late oh there we go so we did this a while ago but one came in late but it just made me laugh so I thought I'm going to read it out today we were talking a while ago about complaints right like 
funny complaints. And yeah. Charlie Johnson O'Connell sent in this late entry, but it's still great, so I'm reading it out. She said, as a teacher, a parent once complained that their son hadn't opened his bowels on a school trip and that I should have ensured that this happened. <laughs> what, by providing a box of figs or...? I mean, like, oh, there's so many ways you could do that, I guess. I mean, yeah, figs, but you could also maybe, I don't know, keep jumping out and scaring them half to death, hoping they might yeah, shit or, themselves. Or, or yeah, holding their nose and pouring beans into their mouth while they sleep or something. Also, what parent is following their child's bowel movements so closely to know that they came back and that, oh, it's and just horrible. While they, while they were away. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I once did five days at Glastonbury without going. But I can believe I was it. a lot younger then. I can believe it There's no the way toilets. that had happened now. Yeah, well, <laughs> they were much worse in the 90s than they are now. They're pretty good yeah, now. Yeah, so but, I hear. Uh, so I yeah, hear. But back in the day, nah, I, I managed the whole thing. We've had one more bit of correspondence as well. I don't know if you heard the podcast when me and Mark were talking about me re-watching Robin of Sherwood on Sky. I don't listen if I'm not on. Are you mad? Okay. No, I don't. Are you being serious? Oh, did you hear it? I was actually in Robin of Sherwood. Did you know that? You were. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Yeah, it was filmed in Somerset. Hang on, because that could could be definitely taken as dodgy if you had the right kind of mind. You were you were once in what? Robin of Sherwood. I, 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 as a as a background artist, rather than uh, uh, doing any sexual fluffing behind the scenes. Were you um, an extra? I was an extra. Yeah, they filmed it up um, somewhere near Pretty in in Somerset, um, and uh, oh, wow. we were up there for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that. Why didn't you tell yeah. me that when we were talking about it last week or whatever it was? That's amazing. That is so great. I'd, uh, yeah, I didn't actually didn't think about it until. Now. What were you like a, a villager or something? Or? Just yeah, just some kind of peasant. You know, I didn't have that to dress so up good. or anything. It's a just great claim up. to fame. It's a great claim to fame. <laughs> I've bought the entire seat. I bought the whole thing on as a box set, and I'm having it for my birthday from Helen. So are you are you Pride or Team Pride or Team Connery? Well, that's very interesting because that's what I was going to say to you. I had another email in from a guy called John Poodle. John Poodle, what a great name that is. John Brilliant. Poodle sent in an email to say, did you know that the second actor to play Robin, that's the blonde Robin, so I knew there was two Robins. That in was it, Connery. Like they changed. Yeah, that was Sean Connery's son, Jason Connery. So he sort of said that yeah. as a little pop fact. Yeah, Jason Connery. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy. Was. Yeah. He was, so was Michael Prade. I, I seem to remember that the, the ladies were uh, obsessed with a bit of Michael Prade. He had the I, kind of I'm really looking Owen forward Paul to watching kind of it. I, I'm having it for my birthday in September, and then I probably will keep talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> we'll see if you can spot me. Oh my god! I just thought of that bit. So yes, now. Oh my god! Every time I'm watching it, I'm going to yeah. look for you. And you imagine if been I a... managed to find you on there. I would have been about fourteen, probably. So probably looks exactly like the same. Same height. And now I had hair. Okay, long hair. Uh, no, at that time I would have had some kind of quiff, probably. Okay, it was we're looking for a 14-year-old Marcus with a quiff. 1985, so yeah, I was probably trying to make myself look a bit like Morton Harkett or something like that. 
I reckon you were trying to be the third Robin Hood. That's what was going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How about the third one? The first one has long, dark hair. The second one had long, blonde hair. And you're thinking, it's about time that Robin Hood had a quiff. <laughs> yeah, either, either that or Ed Sheeran. Yeah. All right, well, I will look out for that and let you know if I spot you. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think I've ever seen it, so I'm sure it would probably be a blinking you miss it i remember there were horses involved so we were probably just stood somewhere and the horses raced past so us good. or something i can't remember that is that is so good long now, time ago to open up a new topic this week and get the listeners to contact us helen told me this great story the other day she said we basically is in the car and e17 was on the radio and i was saying that they were a great boy band you know they were like a boy band but they were quite wild and they used to get up to a lot of mischief and stuff and I said they're probably my favourite boy band I think E17 and she said oh, I went to see them once what out of E17 yeah probably Brian because he managed to run himself over no, in his own car well yeah there is that but Terry <laughs> Terry, Terry I mean Terry was so dense it was untrue <laughs> like Terry in interviews is, is the funniest thing you'll ever see <laughs> well listen to this she said that she went to see him. I was very impressed. He went to a live E17 show back in the day, proper lineup back in the day. And I yeah. said, oh, wow, that, I bet that was good. She said, yeah. She got, I think they got kind of drunk on something at the time, probably like, I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm making this bit up, but she basically was sick, right? Probably from getting drunk. So because she was sick, they sort of took her through the crowd, I think, probably like, you know, past the barrier to, you know to take them outside or whatever you hear me all right yeah yeah yeah. you broke up for a second but i can hear you so this is the funny bit they accused her of faking being sick in order to get close to the band <laughs> whereas actually she genuinely had vomed so i was really laughing at that i thought that's that's ace but then i thought that's a good topic i want to ask people what lengths they went to to try and get close to or see you know their favorite celebrity or famous person or something like that so that's what we want this week have you ever kind of done anything really gone the extra mile you know to, to try and meet or even just touch or get close to a celebrity can you have you ever done that marcus before you were famous yourself um before i was famous <laughs> um let me think Playing in a band to get close to the Inspiral well, Carpets. I, I mean, there's a few things. I I I was uh, back in the '90s again. Glastonbury story. Um, we were, and this is a cautionary tale, really. We were um, we were backstage behind the pyramid stage, yeah. And uh, Jonathan King was back there, and yeah, exactly. Uh, for those listening, Johnny's just pulled a, a very wide mouth frog face. Um, <laughs> Jonathan King was hanging around backstage and he notoriously didn't give autographs because he was a bit up himself. And, and my mates, we had a, we had a bet that uh, we couldn't get his autograph. Um, and I think, unless my memory is completely wrong, I think I had like a plastic barrel with cider in uh, that I was drinking from. So... I waited until he was a bit off on his own and I walked up and was very polite and said, Mr. King, would you mind possibly share, share, uh, um, signing my, my cider bottle? Um, and I think with hindsight, and obviously I'm not this now, but at that time I was a young, quite good looking, tall, thin boy. <laughs> oh God, where is I, this story going? 
I think that's why I got his autograph. I got, I actually got his autograph. And and where did where did know, he sign it? Uh, he well on on the shaft of the bottle. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't break up then. <laughs> that's this week's topic. Can people please send them in to the Johnny Awesome and BCD Pod socials? Brilliant. And let's just do a mini update about Lionel because. A couple of weeks ago, you came and picked Lionel up from mine and drove all the way to Sweden in Lionel. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because um, uh, Lionel had a flat tyre outside of your place, so it was a bit squeaky bum time as to whether I was going to get the ferry over to France. Um, and I, I managed to find a garage uh, near you that changed the tyre very quickly, so that was fine. Yeah. Uh, and I pretty much drove non-stop. Um, I think I drove 12 hours without stopping. Wow. Uh, and got up to somewhere near Denmark and then just admitted defeat. And I had a few hours sleep and then carried on. Um, went up to the north of Denmark, got a ferry. And um, I think I got back to the place I've got in Sweden about four o'clock in the morning, something like that. Wow. Uh, so it was a big old journey, but um, but Lionel was an absolute star, no problem at all. And are you going to sell Lionel it, then in Sweden? Well, yeah, Lionel is now uh, advertised for sale in Sweden. So if anyone's um, listening in Sweden and you want to buy a Citroen Berlingo, get in touch. That has had many adventures, but is also very reliable. I mean, considering it, like it just been sat on the roadside for three months without being driven yeah and then and then i drove it at well over a thousand kilometers a proper a proper workhorse and marcus would sign it as well um <laughs> he would <laughs> well just to devalue it further yeah if you want it to be cheapened he will sign it wherever you like and <laughs> um excellent stuff all right good stuff well look next week we should hopefully be back with a normal episode of the podcast and mark hopefully being match fit um let's say let's say get well soon to mark marcus because he's gonna yeah, listen to this get well soon mark and get uh, well soon, mate. you're you're very much missed mark and you've never missed anything to do with the podcast since we started it right back at the start when he brought my coat back to me so he definitely is he definitely deserves a day off yeah and you've done great he marcus you've does. done really well at coming in the signal's only cranked a couple of times so that's not too bad well, considering you only told me like a couple of hours ago, yeah. panic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to I was trying to make out like this was all lined up professionally, but no, it wasn't. Mark texted oh, me. Oh, sorry. Said, I am in a bad way. Things are coming out both ends, and mm. there's no way I'm going to be able to record today. And I said, "Don't worry, I'll sort it out." And then I was like, "Marcus will do it, <laughs> hopefully." So I just messaged Marcus. <laughs> went, I rang you up, didn't I? I rang him. Was like you got to come on yeah. the pod and do the whole thing. And he was like, yeah, okay, I can do that. So thanks, Marcus. Get well soon, Mark. And you know, it'll give you a great honour, Marcus. You can you can introduce the outro tune to play us out. Oh, well, here's the wonderful seven-minute-long outro tune that we have to sit <laughs> through every week uh, that um, none of us turn off after the first few chords. Uh, please... Uh, get yourself a drink and strap yourself in for the outro tune bye everyone see you next time thank you Marcus bye bye, bye.